Ever wanted a career in football? At the Global Institute of Sport, you can now study a master's degree in football business or football coaching and analysis right here in Australia. GIS is the largest provider of sports degrees in the UK with campuses at Wembley and Etihad Stadium. Learn online with unique access to the iconic MCG and a big-hitting Australian industry network. Be one of the first Australians to get a football master's degree and join GIS's global network of football leaders. Apply now to start in February 2023. Learn more at gis.sport.fnr. That's gis.sport.fnr. Pickett, she lays it off to Lisa Polias. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Reyes. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick. And uh, welcome back to another edition of Radio Dog. And if you're seeing this, you're probably like, where is all the co-hosts? I've, I've been through a lot this season and I am by myself today, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm here, and Oscar will join me later on in the show. But it doesn't matter if I'm by myself. It means that I need to have a great guest. And I, this season, there has been a lot of a lot of times this season we've talked. There's a lot of talk about this player, about this player is underrated. And you know what? I do think this player is underrated, and this player is not getting the recognition they deserve. So I want, I want to hear from the, the player themselves. And I'm talking about none other than Charlotte McLean from uh, from Sydney FC. Charlotte, welcome to the show, and uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. That was the nicest intro nah. I've ever had. had. No, nah, that's, <laughs> that's what we try to deliver here on Radio Dub. But my thing is, Charlotte, I am a big fan of when people are like, I want all the smoke. I am the best. And you have, I haven't heard it from you, right? And there's been a lot of talk about, is the Sydney FC defence the best in the competition, right? I want to hear, do you, do you think you guys are the best in the competition? I we're starting strong, but I want to hear it. Okay, because you've asked uh, our whole unit. Yes, okay. I back. I back us. Okay. The the numbers don't lie. We've had you know the best record for, for two years. So, now see, I like that. I like that you're saying the numbers don't lie because that's that's always a thing. You know, like some people are like, oh, we're the best, but maybe the numbers aren't you know favoring you. But for you guys, the numbers have you know have been telling you guys that you've been great. You've been playing for the club for three. Is this your third season? Yeah. Okay. So tell me the journey to Sydney FC because I heard that you like you were at work one day. I saw this video. You like you're at work one day, and then Ante called you. Explain that a little bit more to the radio dub audience. Yeah. So um, I had a bit of a, a unique path getting into W League. Um, the main sort of way you get in is that uh, from minis and young Matildas clubs sort of identify the young ones um, and scout, and then uh, choose those, and then they sort of go in from there. Um, I was never involved in any of that stuff. So I sort of finished um, school, went to uni, started playing at Sydney Uni in the NPL. Um, and I was in the first grade team and I was probably the only one um, that wasn't in W League in that, in that squad. And, and I could hold my own. So it kind of like lit the, the spark in my belly that was like, hey, like I can do this. I can do this too. Um, and then, yeah, so I was training with them and playing with them for about two years. Uh, then I went to Olympics. And um, Ante was the coach of the men's team at the time. So he wanted some um, numbers to fill at the Sydney FC training um, back when like Alana and, and Caitlin and, and Sophia Huerta were there. 
um, to prepare for the semi. So I think there was, I did two training sessions with them and I thought, oh, this might be my only chance to get into the league. Um, and yeah, so I just, you know, gave it everything. And then a couple of days later when I was at work, he rang me and said I wanted to go and sign me for the next season. So that was, so, yeah, that was awesome. See, I can imagine if that happened to me and someone like, like said, I got an important call at work. I would freak out and like I wouldn't know how to handle it because I would be like running around and be like, I need to tell somebody that I need to take this call or I need to reply, but I would be in such a state of panic. How do you, when you're getting that, are you like texting your parents going, oh my God, oh my God, what do I text back? Or like, are you like, I'm cool, calm, collected, I'm a centre back, I've got this? Like, how is that? <laughs> I definitely wasn't cool, calm and collected. Um, Ante's like voicemail was so Ante, like you know him, he's so chill, low key. It was just like, hey, I'm just, you know, just like the Sydney FC. He didn't say like, he was like, I'm just the Sydney FC coach. Um, just can you just give me a call back uh, whenever you're free? Just want to talk about next season. I was like, <laughs> and so then, yeah, and then I like panicked and like told my manager, I was like, I need to go and make this call. I didn't even like tell my parents or anything yet. I just like straight away rang him back. So I was like, what if he changes his mind? <laughs> so, no, see, this, when you said that, yeah. that, that clocks in my head too because I'd be like, I need to reply back so quickly because if I don't reply back in the next 30 seconds, they're going to call the next player because they're going to think I'm not interested, yeah. which would, would set me off. But no, that's very, I'm, I'm very happy that Ante got you into the fold at Sydney FC because you are doing an incredible job this season. And that defence, that team itself is, re, is relatively young considering if you take back the past of Sydney FC teams and stuff like that. What do you think that's been able to make that group so connected and play so well? Um, I mean, I think it, it obviously starts with Ante. He does an amazing job at uh, creating a really, like, loving, uh, uh, caring, supportive environment. You know, we all get on so well, like, on and off the field. Um, but he really, like, fosters that. He, you know, makes sure everyone's positive all the time with one another. And we just, like, all believe in each other so much that it, you know, instills that confidence within ourselves. No, I see. I, I like to hear that. I like to hear that. I like to hear positivity in the competition and everyone supporting each other. And for a side that have, have you guys have got so close, you, you've you've won the premiership and and you've been so close to winning winning it all. And how do you guys keep that motivation? Because this year, I'm assuming the goal has been we want to get one better than we did last year and 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 get that grand final. Because you guys have been so so close. How do you how do you step into this season? What's the mindset like? Yeah, um, I think I think that that was definitely after losing that that second grand final. Like that really that really hurt. Um, and so I think originally it was sort of we were all focused uh, on that championship. But then we actually realised that no no team's ever done the three consecutive premierships before. So that's actually shifted uh, back to that. Um, at the start of the season, we said, you know, that's an amazing achievement um, and one, you know, that would be really hard to break. So that's definitely where we're focusing. And then um, obviously as well, the double, because the double, um, Ante's never done the double. So that would be really cool what's, as well. What's uh, what's the celebration going to be like if you guys do the double? Because I imagine, I, I know you're <laughs> saying like the three, the three premierships in a row, that's cool. And of course the celebrations <laughs> are going to be amazing. But if you manage the double, and I don't want to, we don't, we don't want to get too, too far in the future because obviously you are staying present. You got Canberra on the weekend, but could you yeah. like? Is there like in your back of your mind you're going? These celebrations are going to be wild. We are, we are about yeah. to live it up. 
<laughs> yeah, it probably wouldn't be safe, would it? <laughs> it might not be. It might not be. But, but, but like, is that the goal? Like, I know, I know you're saying the premiership and stuff like that. But, but you guys have been so good this year and and have really been putting teams away and being. It's. I think a lot of times watching Sydney FC, maybe there are individual players who are who are get all the the highlight but I think this season hearing a lot of the rhetoric from the players and stuff you guys are really talking about the collective and talking because I think I saw Charlie speak this afternoon about how you guys have got the best defense best midfield and best forward line and really it's really important that those each individual aspect of your team is appreciated how are you how are you guys balancing all that and and, and being able to keep that level of competition in the squad so you guys continue to be better and better um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think maybe it's just kind of, we do a really good job of like once there's a lot of like outside noise, um, but we do a really good job of dropping that once we're in the training ground, in the sheds on game day. And we actually all really support one another, um, at, uh, dropping it, um, and not listening to that external noise, whether it be someone's getting recognition and someone's not like we, as a team, we do a really good job of. Um, just getting around each other and just being like, you know, don't worry about that or, you know, just focus on what, you know, what's in what's in front. Because it can also be like, yes, like getting praise is, is awesome, but it actually adds this level of pressure that, especially as a young player, that, you know, you're not used to playing with the knowing that people's eyes are on you and people's eyes are ready to go, oh, she's not as good as everyone's saying. So I think we're, we do a really good job of, of, yeah, just supporting one another and understanding that, you know, with praise comes... Um, comes a lot of pressure and, and a lot more anxiety um, than what people might expect. No, I can I can imagine. And for a side that's continued to be one of the best in the competition, I can imagine the noise would be a lot. And for you and your journey into women's football, I think a lot of times we see uh, young footballers get in really, really early. We see players getting in like 14, 15, 16. You took a little bit longer than maybe the, like a lot of people typically get into the competition what do you think that that was down to like you getting into the competition a little bit later which you're 20 um, so like you're like you are you're yeah. like 17 it's like it's not really that big difference but like yeah you know. yeah it's definitely a big part of it is that I wasn't involved in like young Matildas um and that's sort of how those young ones get uh scouted um a lot of W League teams will look at the young Matildas and go oh that young one is gonna I'm gonna like foster them and then bring them in in as they get older um, and so I think, yeah, like that was sort of where, where I didn't get brought into at a young age. And then, yeah, I just got lucky in MPL that, that Ante wanted to take a chance on me, but I have no regrets. Like I love that I came in when I did, like I've had the most amazing experience, like, you know, not many people get to come into the league and, and win consecutive premierships and, and get to, you know, play consistently. So and play with such amazing teammates and under such an amazing coach. So I'm really happy. Like, I do think everything happens for a reason. I think I came in when I was meant to come in. Do you think it's made you better, having to go through all those adversities, like, early on? It, like, as I said, you're, you're only 22. So, like, it's still, like, it's, so weird, it's such a weird thing to talk about, like, oh, because there's plenty of – there's lots of people who have, like, have played, like, so many, so many seasons, but you are still very, very young. But those adversities that you faced early on, do you think that's made you a better player and made you more confident in your game? Yeah, it's definitely made me more resilient, I would say. I think that I can, um, yeah, just really appreciate, like, where I am now um, and 
just know like how you know how much of a blessing it is to to be in this league and and never take anything um for granted and and yeah I, I would say yeah I would definitely say it's maybe more resilient um no it's yeah that's, I would say that's that's no that's a I think yeah taking having those those early bumps I'm sure I'm, I'm sure that it would help you develop your game and going to your game what do you think is the thing that you've has gotten better like so quickly over the time that you've been really impressed with yourself being like oh this part of my game if I look back like three seasons ago I didn't have this or what's something that you've really worked on and that you're really proud to have like made better in your game um I would definitely say maybe uh in terms of maybe mentality confidence um if you had told me like three years ago uh, before I'd started, you know, my first training session in Sydney that I would be playing centre-back um, for, you know, a premiership winning team. Like, it's a lot of responsibility. Um, so, and that, you know, with that, you have to be quite confident um, and it's, you know, a lot of weight on your shoulders. Uh, so, yeah, definitely confidence would probably be the biggest, the biggest one. Um, and then maybe some communication. Again, like the organising and the marshalling of, of the, the plan and of the, the team. See, I've got to ask this because I like, I imagine when I watch, when I, cause I want when you watch a game at home, you hear the com, you hear the commentators. So, so you don't really, sometimes you don't get to hear how the players are on the, the ground, but who's the loudest person on the ground? Like, who was it like, can we turn the volume down for her, please? Cause she's so loud, but who's, or like, who's the quietest on the, on the park? Oh, that's a good question. From my team? Yeah. Well, yeah, from your team. Oh, it's hard. I'm so far away, like, because I'm so far away from the front line, for Is example. No, no, Charlotte, like, I would say that. I never hear them. Done there, Charlotte? <laughs> it's, that's what you're saying, that you guys score so many goals that the ball's never knew. See, I don't like that. <laughs> I, I like that, but I don't like that. The, so you're telling me. No, that's not the, what I mean. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Go, go, go. Please, 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 your answer. No, like, as in, I'm sort of worried. I'm like, if I can't think of anyone, like, am I? Like, am I the person? Am I too loud? No, maybe Jada. Maybe Jada? Okay, okay. Maybe yeah, I would say do, Jada's the, the loudest. Maybe you guys should do that TikTok trend where it's like, am I the problem? But it's like, everybody, yeah. you, you find out who it is. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, who yells the most. Who yells the most. But, um... That's no. See, maybe it is you, Charlotte. Maybe because you don't, you can't, you can't hear anybody else. Is it Nat? Is it is, is mm-hmm. that Urban or is she like pretty quiet out there as a centre back partner? Oh no, Nat definitely. No, Nat definitely. Yeah, not. But you wouldn't say yells, just yeah. instructs. Yeah. Um, I would say I'd say it has to be Jada. Okay, hundred percent. Yeah. Jada. Okay. Okay. And yeah. And with you and Nat and that centre back partnership. There are a lot of like really good centre back partnerships. You know, I think they're a really great foundation for a team, and you can tell a lot about a team based on how good that centre back partnership and how much they cover and they trust each other and their movement. How has how have you and Nat been able to create such a, a solid um, defensive partnership and to, to able to help the other fullbacks as well? And in, in terms of the movement as a squad, mm, yeah, um, me and Nat have a, a really good relationship. Um, off the field uh, we care for each other a lot and I think that that's you know really reflected on the field like no matter what I'll always want to come and help Nat um, and and vice versa and, and I do think we're very similar um, players we read the game in a similar way um, there'll often be times when I'll do something knowing that Nat will be there and like she just always is 
Um, and so, yeah, and I think that we have the same philosophy about defending, about uh, positioning. Um, and so I think it's just like a bit of a bit of luck that we both have that same philosophy and, and read the game in a similar way and then also have a really, really good relationship. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, coming onto Radio Dub, it wouldn't be Radio Dub interview if we didn't ask the key fundamentals, like the really big questions, okay? And okay. the big questions are music, okay, food, mm-hmm. okay, and okay. for me today I've changed up one of the things and it's about pets and about animals per yeah. se, okay? So we'll start with the animals topic. I've heard that you're a fan of, of cats. Now, I don't want to... Yeah. I don't want to hold that against you because I can't stand them. I think they are such scary animals, okay? I need you to explain to me why these cats are such uh, – why you like cats so much. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I have a dog. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm not a cat. Okay. So I feel like that would be rude to say that I like dogs more – like cats more. I definitely like dogs more, but I can appreciate a cat. Like, why? I can appreciate – Bring this – explain this to me because one of my best friends, she's like – I'm terrified of her cats. Like, I'm like, why are they coming near me? Why can I not feel what the energy that they're, they're bringing towards me? Whereas a dog, you know, you can feel, you're like, oh, if it's happy, you know it. Mm-hmm. If it's like uh, angry at you, you know it. Cats, too mysterious. I don't like it. I think it's the chase of the cat. Like, if you get, like, they're so sassy, but if you get, like, a little bit of a reaction, a little bit of emotion, a little bit of affection from a cat, it, like, means so much because it's so rare. I don't like know. Maybe it's just I'm like the, the prize. Chase. I'm the prize. The cat is not the prize. I'm the prize. I, I, don't, I don't like that. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But um, what's your dog's name? What is your what type of dog do you have? And what's your dog's name? Um, I have a dog called Nala, and she's oh. a King Charles Cavalier. She's very cute. She's a bit sassy. She's I'm a bit like, of a cat, actually. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's forget that. <laughs> I like that you named it Nala. Nala's a great name. Lion King. Do you? Yeah, love, I'm assuming you're a massive Lion King fan, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, see, you was, that was shaky, Charlotte. I don't know what that was. Yeah. That was a bit shaky. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> we need to be confident when we're talking about the Lion King, please. Uh, <laughs> I just thought you might quiz me on the Lion King. No, 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 like, no, oh, no. I actually don't know I, that much. No, 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 no. We like it as a movie, but we don't remember the key yeah. aspects, okay? That's, we're not trying yeah, to quiz anybody exactly. here. And in terms okay. of music, okay, let's get to music. What's on the pre-game playlist? What are we listening to? What's what's getting us hyped? What are we listening to after a win? At the moment, yeah. Okay, cuff it comes on a lot. Great, Great. sensation. <laughs> um, We're done. We're done. Everybody, interviews. <laughs> She's got it. it is an absolute banger. Like yeah. that is just on. That could go on repeat. Um, what else is there? I do. I know this is random and it's kind of old, but I really like listening to like Industry Baby before I play. That's oh, always the first song I put no, on. It's catchy, right? Because it says champions, yeah. and I'm like, oh, like I'm a champ. Like we're gonna be champions. <laughs> so like, yeah, I think that's good. <laughs> it's super catchy though. It's like one of those songs. It's like yeah. it's not like some like spectacular song, but I hear it and I'm like, I can't help but like get into it. And I'm like, oh, Lil Nas X has done something here. It's a, it's a, it's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah, Is yeah. It- anything like that, like that sort of old school. Fun vibes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, is there like this, the Sydney FC girls, do you guys have like a team song? Um, the, <laughs> the one we put on before we go out, like the last song that Macca plays every time, and this has been like this for, like since I've been there, so for the last three years, is like, ne- like Never Say Never by Justin Bieber. Oh, and um, 
the that, that other boy, James, James Smith. James Smith. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's oh my god. Which is quite funny. I was not I wasn't expecting that. It's taken me a little bit yeah. by surprise, that song. Yeah, it's, it's, a, a, it's, a, it's a banger. It's a banger. And the rap one well, let's not act like we all didn't know the rap when we were growing up. Yeah. Like, let's not act like that. But it's I didn't realise that Mackenzie Hawksby that was that was what was going on her playlist. But hey, yeah. if it works for the squad, it works. Yeah. And we won our first game with it and then like it just stuck and now we can't get rid of it. So okay. it happens. <laughs> that, hey, that works. And finally, food. That's what we love on Radio Dub. What's the mm-hmm. what's a snack that that's underrated that you were like, why is nobody on this? Like what what's everybody else doing? A snack, yeah, like, snack or food, anything. a healthy snack. No, no, it could be anything. I wish no, I okay. Well, I'm like, like I'm a, a healthy program. Please okay, be okay. serious. Okay, I'm a I'm a chips person. Like I love chips. Yeah, like a bit of a yeah. Like I love chippies. Like on the plane, whenever we're traveling, I will always have chips. Yeah. So that's my that's my snack. Um, my favorite like food would be sushi i would say sushi yeah i have like sushi for lunch every day like i make a little sushi bowl okay. for lunch every day no i i, I can get that i can re- i can respect sushi mm-hmm. I, i'm not a massive fan but i get why people like it i really really get it yeah and uh i love it shall i want to say thank you for joining us on radio dub i'm really really appreciated you, you taking the time out of your day and good luck with your canberra game because i'm actually calling that game uh for paramount plus so Good luck to the Sydney oh. FC girls and the uh, Canberra girls. I'm not going for anybody. I just got want good football. <laughs> but Charlotte said on the program, in case you guys miss it, that she doesn't see the ball very often because it's so far up the front. Is there a way scoring? <laughs> no, I did not. That's what she said. <laughs> but no, good luck on the I weekend. Did not. <laughs> you know, no, she didn't. I, I am lying. I'm lying. But uh, Charlotte, thank you for joining us on the show. And uh, we will head to a quick break here on Radio Dub and uh, we shall chat to a few more people. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Meet him out, 1-0! We are back on Radio Dub. You just saw, I spoke to Charlotte McLean uh, earlier. When Oscar wasn't here, but it's okay. But Oscar has—he's—I I don't know. Maybe you're like you're the Phantom of the Opera. Like you're just like you're kind of there, but kind of not there. Very topical. Yeah. Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. You know yeah. I'm a fan of musicals, Oscar. You yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, this. no, I'll take it. No, I'll no, it's, it. yeah. it's a great musical. It's one of the most <laughs> successful ones. So it's okay. It's, it's a good reference. But no, Oscar, thank you for finally returning. So like you, but you have been you have been busy. You've been seeing your family. Oh yeah, in I've been Sydney, doing lots of things in your multiple estates. Yeah. But um, it's nice. That's it's, right. It's nice, Oscar. I like that for you. But um, no, uh, speaking to Charlotte McLean earlier, if you did miss that, we will upload everything onto every single platform possible. You'll find it All somewhere. of them. All of them. Yeah. You'll find them somewhere. But um, no, thank you for joining us, uh, Radio Dub, here on FNR. And uh, in, a little, in a little bit, we will speak to the head coach of the Perth Glory, Ailey women's side, Alex, uh, Alex Parkis, who his side had a great win on the weekend. I was calling that game, actually. Yeah. Some MPL Victoria representation. You know, Oscar, we love some MPL Victoria representation. It's going to be the, the main topic when no, we're talking like, about Come on. We, <laughs> Tell me about all of your MPL Victoria players, yeah. No, but, but it was – no, but but I, I will say, like, Perth have got some of, like, some really great talents. they got the gold medal winner in Sophia Sakalas, who, who had a great game on the weekend. 
uh, Janczewski, who scored. Whew, what a free kick. What a goal. It took me by surprise, what, if you did. can tell in the commentary. Yeah. It did take me by surprise. I didn't realise. I was, I was not expecting that, but I should have expected that. I should have known better. Because we've seen her do it. I don't not necessarily the the set pieces, but those long range efforts. She is a player that's she's not afraid to take those sorts uh, sort of shots. But have you been catching up on the the dub recently, Oscar? Have you been saying it? Absolutely, and I think that the uh, look. I think the last couple of weeks have have been really good in terms of kind of reinforcing how tight the competition is. It's kind of it's looked like we've had. I mean, particularly Western United out on top and then the top fours looked pretty well decided and it still kind of does, but we've kind of seen flashes of brilliance from the likes of Perth, obviously, Western Sydney, uh, Brisbane have put together a few good results. They haven't always looked great in doing yeah. it, but they just just kind of uh, evened out the competition a bit more, which I think is good for the health of, of, uh, the, of I, the comp. It, it certainly has, and I think the, the run-in to the finals will be a very interesting one, and I think... It, it leaves everybody even more excited. Well, it does. I'm going to speak for myself in this moment, but it makes me more excited about next season. Thinking we'll have six teams heading into finals when we see the arrival of the Mariners A League women's side, because there are because Western United, based on their last two results, uh, they're looking a little bit shaky. They have been. They've had such a strong start. So it'll be interesting to see have they banked enough points if they can't turn their form around to get them into finals and the likes of Perth, who we are, uh, Alex Parks, we're going to speak to soon. They are two games behind um, a lot of teams at the moment. They've only played 10 games so far this season and they're actually very, very close to potentially making the finals. So it'd be interesting to see like the likes of Canberra, uh, Brisbane. I think for Canberra though, just really quickly, they must be kicking themselves. Oh yeah. Because seeing Western United wobble, had they not had those two really big losses to, who was it, uh, Western United, I forget the team they lost to first. Oh, wasn't it Wellington? Wellington, yes, Wellington, that's who started it. If Had they not lost those two games, they'd be in a re- they'd probably be favourites to potentially take Western United. Because I do think that Western United are the most shaky of the four sides currently. Do you? Okay. To, why? Who do you think you... Well, I, like, I think... It'll be really interesting to see when we see the internationals leave, which teams are just the best and which teams struggle. I mean, we're talking about the likes of Alex Chidiak from Melbourne Victory potentially or likely not featuring. And, and like, if Chids leaves, that's a that's a major blow to victory, I think, because she's been probably their best player all season. Uh, Chloe Legazzo in Western United, obviously she hasn't featured as much, but, you know, uh, we've already seen the impact of j- losing Jess no, McDonald. No, but, but, but the thing is, for Western United, they've... Mm almost lost every like they've all, a lot of their big internationals have already gone i i think melbourne city i'm not quite sure what's Obviously, up Cote rojas left left but, but she's coming, coming back. back so i'm interested to see are there any of their other internationals heading off i can't quite remember in this moment but somebody will let us know um and somebody tells me well, we said something wrong today so it's okay <laughs> it's okay it happens it happens we are we are we are we not move. perfect we move yes. <laughs> exactly we move uh but when you're looking at like this weekend's fixtures, if you want to bring them up for me really quickly, Oscar. Yeah. Uh, we've got Canberra taking on Sydney, which would be a really interesting contest because if Canberra were able to get a win in that game, which would be difficult mm. because Sydney are inside, they're probably the most informed side in the competition, I, I would think say. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where does that leave them if Western United take lose again to Melbourne City? I'm interested in your 
fixing on Western United. I mean, they've got a six-point lead over Victory, for example. Surely you'd consider Victory more vulnerable than Mark Torcaso's side in that instance. Well, Victory, what, Victory played 12 games. But the the problem is that I believe... like Western uh, United are finishing top four. No, I, I think that they've secured enough points. I, I think it'll be very close. I'm not quite sure how it'll go. And But my thing about Western United, though, is that they don't have the experience per se that um, a side like Melbourne Victory do into the run into finals. They don't, they they don't. And Jeff Hopkins is a very experienced coach, so it'd be interesting to see how that all plays out. But you know whose whose side are actually uh, firmly in the race to make the run into the finals and potentially get take one of those top four spots. And if anyone knows the weaknesses of Western United, exactly. I, I think I think we we're, we're about to speak to someone who can give yeah. us some great insight. And th- and that is uh, none other than none other than uh, Alex Aparkas, the head coach of the Perth Glory A League Women's side. Alex, uh, thank you for joining us. And how are you? Oh, no, my pleasure. I'm I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. Now, Alex, before we head into talking about like the games. It seems that maybe this season you've be potentially become a fashion icon because I see the Perth Glory socials constantly talking about your outfit choices. Can you t- tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I don't know what to say. I'm, just, I'm holding my head, my head in my hands at the moment. Um, <laughs> I uh, Look, I'm, I'm a football coach and um, – I do my best every day to be, yeah, to be the best coach that I can and to help the team win games. And that, that's always my focus. Um, I know that there's, I know that our media manager Gareth gets very excited when I, um, you know, come to to match day, and he, uh, he certainly puts an effort to uh, to communicate that out into into the public. And you know, if it's if it's gaining a bit of momentum and it's putting some attention onto the football team without a distraction, then great. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately I, um, I'd i much rather people talk about my coaching capacity as opposed to anything else. Well, we'll see, Alex, this is the thing, right? We I have a motto and it's, a, it's, it's called dress well, coach well, and then your team plays well. So maybe maybe that's something that you guys need to to think about. Maybe that is if Alex Aparkis is you know comes in and he's got what's the brand that they keep always talk about? I, I'm not quite sure. I know the, the like the logo, but I can't exactly remember the brand. You always talk. About I was it. <laughs> no, I've seen. I know wait, the Perth Glory socials. I'm up. To, I'm up with the socials. But maybe do you do you believe in that philosophy? Dress well, coach well, then play well. The players do everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Playing well is is the is the first part through good preparation, um, and yeah, the the rest the rest isn't as relevant in, in my opinion anyway. But I'm glad that there's you know there's talking points about Perth Glory as a team because um, you know sometimes I feel like the playing group and the team itself could always get more positive coverage. So the fact that there's something, uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll take it. Well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll follow your lead and we'll, we'll actually talk a little bit about some football as well, uh, Alex. I mean, on a similar note, though, to, to, the, to the vibes that you're bringing in terms of your, your fashion statements, Perth Glory is a team. There, there's a lot of good vibes running around. You've got a lot of really young, talented, often unproven players, I guess. What's that, I guess, recruitment philosophy been for you at the club in, in bringing in these kinds of players? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, and um, you know, I'm, I'm 
really happy to hear that you know people are, are watching the team and and feeling those good vibes and you know that's a credit to the playing group um and, and the staff that we have because you know for me we my, my philosophy is always about coaching a team that I would enjoy to watch if I was sitting in the grandstand um, and not affiliated with that group. I would I'd always want to watch a game that's exciting and a team that's trying to win a game. And, you know, that's that's what we instill with this group. Um, and the fact that we've got a really nice mix of young players and experienced players, it allows us to sort of play with that freedom and, and with that focus on you know, pushing the envelope in, in terms of trying to get results when people don't necessarily expect us to. You know, we, we've had some really exciting performances this season and some have fallen just a little bit short from from getting three points. And and in some cases, we have gotten the three points, like the most recent fixture. But um, for me, it was about bringing in players that could, you know, firstly, were underutilised at, at their clubs and, and who were craving an opportunity. I think that's a, a big thing for me because... My own, yeah, my own coaching sort of journey. I, I craved opportunity, and I was waiting for an opportunity to get, yeah, to get a chance and 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 really show what I can do. And I believe that when you have players or people in that position, they're always going to go above and beyond. And we're seeing that with with the players that we've brought in this season. Um, yeah, and then we also needed these players to have a certain level of uh, technical and tactical quality. Um, and then I, I, I was sure enough in my own process that I could get the best out of them and help them develop regardless of what others thought of them at previous clubs. Look, here, here at FNR, I can't resist. I have to get into the question. We, we are staunch proponents of uh, MPL Victoria propaganda. It's it's very easy to see that part of, I, I guess, a core group of those players have come from the MPL here in Victoria. And I guess Two questions for you. Number one, why is MPL Victoria the best MPL in the country? And then I guess secondly, has bringing in those players from the same part of playing in the same state kind of with those connections been part of the idea as well, kind of those players who already have those relationships or have those that similar journey? Yeah, it's some good questions there. Um, coming from, from Sydney and from New South Wales, I, I, I won't answer the first part of that question. <laughs> Um, That's because he, yeah. he, <laughs> he knows the answer, Oscar. He knows Oscar. Played the fifth. The uh, the second part of the question is a, a really good one. Um, and I think that, yeah, for me it wasn't so much about bringing a network of players in who knew each other. That's just been a very pleasant coincidence within the whole process. For me it was about bringing in players who fitted the style of play and, as I mentioned, were craving an opportunity. Um, and I'd seen enough of those plays throughout my my sort of scouting in between the first and second season where I knew we, yeah, we needed to go about our recruitment um, in a unique way, in a really quick and decisive way as well. We made a lot of signings last season very early on in the piece. Um, and, you know, look, I I put myself out there. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I spent a lot of time in, in Melbourne watching games and um, I'm glad I did because I was able to come across your Alanas, your Sarahs, Sophia's, Claudia's, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, we've built the the talent ID network, you know, quite, um, yeah, quite significantly. And there's, you know, there's other players on the radar across other states um, who I can see, yeah, potentially fitting into the style of player that I want. And, you know, we want to bring the best players possible and I want to work with the best players possible. So everyone's, you know, everyone who, who can show what they 
what they do is close to us, then we're, they're going to be an option. And I want to just touch on a little bit about scouting. And in the women's game, how, how does the scouting go about? Is it predominantly focusing on just watching MPL talent or or is it for Perth Glory per se, is there a big focus on trying to get international talent and really trying to find gems that other clubs may have overlooked? Yeah, I think first and foremost, we, you know, being a really proud West Australian team, um, we, we, we certainly want to be developing local talent and, and developing the pathways for, for that to happen. That's a really significant step and I think should be an important step for, for any club. Um, the fact that we're quite isolated from the East Coast as well means that, you know, we would love to draw upon our own pool of players um, from a yeah from our own pathways. But you know, we also have to mix the idea of being competitive week in week out with the best teams. So yeah, as, as much as possible, we we try and find that sweet spot, and I, I think we're in it currently. Um, but you know, I ultimately we're going to put a team together that. We're, we're proud of that excites us and excites the the members and fans that support us. And of course, Alex, coming into the Perth Glory post, it was it was off of the back of a couple of really difficult years for the club, and and I guess to to turn that around the the way that you have by creating what seems to be a really cohesive group that's competitive and on a week by week basis. I guess how, how have you approached? I guess changing the mentality of the club so that you can achieve this level of competitiveness and how much of that do you put down to the players you've brought in? It, um, yeah, another great question. You know, when, when, I got the, when I was very fortunate to get the opportunity to come here, I was very aware of what the challenges would look like. Um, but I, I knew that it was the right project for me. Um, I was coming off the back of you know, quite a bit of success in the NPL in New South Wales. And I really wanted to get my hands dirty with a project that was going to test me and get me out of my comfort zone. And I, I couldn't think of anything better than the opportunity that was presented over here in Perth. And I've loved it. I think the reality is that though, you know, those types of things take time. And that first season, you know, there was, there was some, certainly some dark moments, but they were also learning moments in themselves. And while at the time it might not have felt that way for the group, I was really certain that, yeah, those those dark moments were going to help us in the future, and that's that's certainly been the case. Season two and so far through season three, we've we have you know turned around what we're doing, and a lot of that is due to the playing group really buying into the vision, and also me buying into what they can bring to the team, and ensuring that we've got the right type of characters mentally as well who can drive the team to be a winning team and to shift the culture to us being a, a winning culture. Um, and we've done it in our way. We haven't followed anyone else. We haven't copied anyone else. We've done it in a progressive, steady and sustainable way. And, you know, that that's something that I'm proud of. And I watch, watch this team play and work with these players that I'm so fortunate to do. I, I just see it. It's us and it's authentic and it's real. Um, and then as a result of that, we, we are turning into a really competitive and, and, um, exciting outfit to watch. You certainly are. And and for me, last season, I, I thought that Perth were one of the most exciting teams and were really unlucky to, to miss out on finals and finishing in fifth place. Can you take us back to last season? What are your thoughts, obviously, because you must have been incredibly proud of the squad and how far they had come to finish in fifth, but I'm assuming there was a little part of disappointment that you, you just narrowly missed out on finals. 
Yeah, yeah, no, you're spot on there. Um, we were in a really difficult position because if you recall, we, we played our first two matches against Brisbane um, home and away. And, you know, we, we got two really important wins there. And then we had to have a break for close to four weeks as a result of the COVID restrictions while everyone else kept playing. Um, and then we also had to move to Sydney for, you know, just over three months and, and not play any home games. And again, that was all obstacles that we had encountered in the first season, but probably actually even harder in the second season, which we were hoping to avoid. But the fact that we were able to rally together as a family and, um, you know, use those challenges as motivation and, and spend a lot of time together as a group, I think that really played a part in what ended up being a really successful season and players really putting on a, a fantastic showing on an individual level as well. We were we were immensely proud, you know, to finish the season in the way in, we, in which we did and, and have the results that we did. But, yeah, we certainly felt we just, yeah, we, we felt... We're a bit hard hard done by to, to miss out finals on, you know, goal difference um, because, yeah, I, I think that we certainly could have given the finals a shake-up if we were if we we're in that mix, but we weren't, and that's just the, the reality of it. And then we, we left that season with a lot of motivation for this season. And while we're looking at a, at a run-in home now for this current season, we're using, again, that motivation, knowing that we came very close last year despite the challenges. Um, and giving us that confidence that we can go and do something similar this year. And we, yeah, we, we certainly need to continue our run and continue our form from what we're doing to give us that chance. But yeah, I'm really optimistic about that. Yeah. And you speak about how, you know, rallying around and pulling things together now this season, of course, the results have finally started to come in the last few days or the last few weeks, I should say. What, what in your mind's changed so that these results are finally turning? Because they weren't going the, the wrong way by significant margins up until this point but it's just started to fall in your favor a bit more yeah yeah I, i'd agree with that i think that we the first you know part of the season we had some really good performances and perhaps got some points but maybe just yeah one or two results that i think we, we could have gone the other way and, and and fell for us as opposed to getting a draw um you know so yeah it was it was a it was an okay start, but we, we didn't set set the world alight. Just from our own point of view, our own standards, not from anyone externally, we knew that we were capable of more. Um, and I think that as times progress, you know, teams become more cohesive again. And, um, yeah, we we found that, that sweet spot now and people have got clarity in what their jobs are and the players are feeling really confident in, in, in our, you know, in our game. Um, and we're also training really well. So all of those things point in the right direction and then it's just about actioning it on game day and last week was a really good reflection of that and now we're, we're acknowledging that but we're also really focused on the next match and the match after that and making sure we don't get too far ahead of ourselves. And I totally hear that you don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves but it's it's really difficult looking ahead at your upcoming schedules not to I think get excited from a Perth perspective because you see the list of teams and not seeing any top six teams until the third last game of the season. So, uh, uh, sorry, top four teams, I should say, to the last three games of the season. So it's looking like a really promising run where if your side can continue to perform at this level, are, are you backing them to, to make a charge towards the top four at the end? Look, I I would say that it, it doesn't matter who we play. You know, we, we showed the other day that we can go to Ballarat and outperform the team that's coming first 
and they're first for a reason. You know, they they've been great this season, Western, and and credit to them. But I'm, you know, on the other side, I'm I'm equally confident that my players um, are able to, yeah, kick it with the best and and outperform them. So I I'm not really looking at the second half of the season and seeing where the clubs that we're playing are on the table. I'm just looking at each game as an opportunity for us to showcase to ourselves what we're capable of. And I, I, I will always back the players to perform against any team, regardless if it's the team coming first or or at the bottom. We're, we're just there to do our business and, and do it as, as efficiently as we can. And Alex, with, a, with such a young squad, I, I can imagine that when things weren't going right this season, it, it, it must have been difficult and, and to keep everyone's heads up and things like that. But as a, as a coach, how you how do you manage the squad to, to keep them motivated? And I want to also ask about that that gap that you guys have had just, just before this Western United game because you didn't play that Sydney FC game. Did that, that allow you guys to reset and just really just take a moment to go, okay, this is where we are and this is where we need to go? Yeah, um, again, great questions. Look, I think ultimately to answer the first part of that question, we, we're we very fortunate to have a strong leadership group, um, you know, Tash Rigby, Kim Carroll, et cetera. These are, these are players who have, you know, had, had a number of seasons in the competition and who we've got a really strong, you know, um, working relationship with. And they're, they're really aware in the direction we're going as a team. So when when a few things don't go the way that we would have hoped, you know, they play a really critical part in managing the, the playing group. Um, and then my job and the staff's job is just to continue to outline the, the positive things that we're doing, but also be really clear on the areas that we need to be better and, and have those really open and honest conversations. You know, there was just a few minor moments in some games that we just didn't execute things as well as what was required. And as a result of that, we didn't walk away with wins. Um so yeah, there's no point keeping that information in our pockets. We just got to make sure we give the players all the all the information and all the tools possible to be the best version of best versions of themselves while keeping them um, while keeping them excited about what we can achieve, even when things aren't going 100% our way. And the leadership group plays a really key part in that. And I'm fortunate to have yeah those senior players to to assist with that. Well, Alex, one more question from me, talking about you know, the squad, the young players, the experienced players. I was just wondering if, if I could get you to pick out for me <laughs> one player. This is, this is a, the professional coach. He's not going to pick out one player like that. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to try anyway. Okay. I'm going I'm to say one player whose growth and improvement this season has impressed you uh, as much as anyone, shall we say. You know, I won't make you pick a favourite, but one player who, who's really taken your eye as, as someone who's grown a lot throughout the current campaign. We're, we're really fortunate because we've got so many young talented players and they, they're all developing in their you know in their own in their own way you know development's not linear it's it's always um, ebbs and flows and twists and turns so yeah it, it's it's hard to um, always put your finger on on one player in particular nonetheless I think that you know whilst I could name all of them one player that's really stood out for me at the moment is the form and consistency of Sophia Sakalis. Um, and she's really progressed her game now because we've always known her as a technical attacking player. Um, but now she's developing into a player that can play in all the moments in, in defense, in transition, in attack. Um, and, you know, she's playing in a position a little bit 
you know, different to what she's normally been accustomed to. Uh, she's playing out wide and, and we've got our reasons for that. Um, but yeah, she's really, yeah, she's been really focused um, on on her own journey. But what I would say is that her, her uh, positive development in recent months has also been a result of the other younger players also having the same mindset. And she surrounds herself with these players who, like her, are trying to achieve special things with their career. So, you know, there's so many yeah, in our club. We've, I could name the whole team almost. But, you know, all the players come in with a hunger to be better. And that's just the way that we operate. And, and Soph and the other players get the benefit from being around like-minded people. No, and absolutely. See, see, Oscar, he didn't say that it was Forza MPL Victoria, <laughs> but I feel like I heard that in Alex's voice. I, when I he appreciated said, the messaging that was the underpinning messaging the answer. Of yeah, talking about Sophia's cast because we are big fans of her on here on the podcast. But I want to just quickly go back to that game uh, against Western United on the weekend. How how what was the feeling like heading into the game, but also after the game? Was it a, a feeling of relief, being like? All this hard work we've, we've put together, and we have a really making the st- a statement to the rest of the league saying we're here and we are not to be underestimated, and we certainly can make top four. Yeah, and you know, I think I, I, I just recall now I didn't answer that second part of your other question, which was how did I cope and how did we cope with that break? You know, having that break where the APL made the decision to not allow us to play for a few weeks was a difficult one, and we had to manage that expectation of the players um, because. You know, we're sitting on our couches watching everyone else play and for, for, you know, one reason or another, we're not playing. That was going to be difficult after a positive result a few weeks ago against Wellington. So what we had to do was ensure that we, you know, flipped the thinking and made sure that we used the time off to focus on us and identify what we're doing well and focus on what we can be doing better. And we definitely did that during the break and we trained very hard. It was like a mini pre-season hit out. Um, and then as a result of that, we were going into that Western game knowing that we had trained harder than any other team over the last couple of weeks. Um, and we were organised. We, we, we looked really comfortable uh, in all moments of the game. And the performance itself was, was a really special one, probably up there with, with one of my highlights in my um, yeah, coaching career to date. And purely because every player contributed. Um, and it was, a, it was a really positive trip. But what we need to make sure is that we manage that positivity in that form now to help us in the next game and the game after that because the the result was great, but we're always worried about what, what the next week is as well. Um, so, yeah, whilst we were, we're stoked with where we're at currently, we just need to capitalise on, on our form and, and make sure that the players are not losing track um, of what, what we can achieve for the remainder of the season. Now, Alex, I, I want to just talk about that goal from Janczewski, Alana Janczewski, because that goal was spectacular. Now, has she been doing that in training? And, and did you know when you subbed all those players on that it was like the, the, you guys were like you were really confident heading into the, the final moments of that game? Look, we – I mean, look, to answer your question regarding Alana, like it was a, it was a special goal uh, and I'm so proud. I'm so proud. It was a really proud moment seeing that ball in the back of the net, not just obviously from a team perspective, from a, from a personal point of view. She she works very hard on her striking and shooting uh, ability. And as far as I'm concerned, she's one of the best 
uh, strikers, uh, attacking players in the competition. When she's got time and space with the ball in and around the 18-yard, she she's deadly. And we were very fortunate as a team that she was able to come on in that moment, like she has in other moments this season, and, and just seize the opportunity. Um, so uh, I can't speak highly enough of, of, of what she's able to do and, and how talented she is with the ball. Um, she does do it at training all the time. So it, it didn't really shock me. Um, but, yeah, look, I think, you know, ultimately we, we always fill the bench. See, see, Alex, Alex is such a popular man that yeah. people, are trying to, people are trying to contact him. This is what's happening, yeah? <laughs> it, see, Alex, I don't blame We don't blame you. It's, it's, it's too popular. It's what happens when you become a good A-league women's One of the yeah, promising people young just, coaches in exactly, Australia. People just, just, you know, it happens. All day, every day. You're too kind. No, my apologies for that. No, it's okay. Um, but back to the the, the question with with our, you know, our, we call them game changers and, and we, we tend to have attacking options off the bench. Just to, That's just the way I like to approach the game. So when we do put players on, we expect them to go on and make a difference. And, you know, they certainly did that on this occasion. All the players that came on um, helped us get that result. Uh, and, yeah, you know, I'm... I'm when it works, it looks great, and you know if it doesn't, then it's then it's totally on me as well. But on, on this instance, the the plays did really well, and as I said, it was a collective performance to get that that result. It certainly was, and and it was it's great to see uh, the Perth Glory side flying, and and I think it's also great to acknowledge the fact that you guys are playing at home this season, and and I think that it must make a massive difference to your squad and and the morale that they're able to be around their family and friends. Is that is is that probably a correct assessment, Alex? Yeah, what one hundred percent. You know, I've up until this season, I'd been the Perth Glory coach for for two years and hardly had any experience playing at home in Perth. So even for me on a personal level, to have our members and fans behind us is something that's special to me. And 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 even more so for the local players who, who get to play in front of their family and friends. And, you know, it's it's an isolated club that we're at. So when play when opposition teams come over here, we try and create an environment where we know we have a, a great advantage if we utilize it. And um we we yeah, we certainly are at the moment. I know each home game we've had so far. It's been a really great, you know, vibe around it, and there's been a lot of support there for the players, and they thrive off that. And the players deserve all the support and and, um, and, and fans that are attending the game to get behind them that they can get because, yeah, I, I, I think it's exciting to watch our team play, and yeah, as I said, the players deserve to to have that feeling. Well, Alex, oh, we really want to thank uh, you for joining us on the show this evening. And, and we've learned a lot about the Perth Glory side. We've learned that Alex Parkis doesn't try to be a fashion icon. It's just the media manager, it just Gareth. Happens. It's just media manager, Gareth, who's, <laughs> tro- who's pushing this yeah. narrative. But but also his side is, you know, they're doing some great work. And good luck for the rest of the way and uh, see if you guys can uh, make the finals. Because I, I think the finals race is, is certainly heating up and it's... I think all of us Dub fans are looking forward to the rest of the season. No, my, my pleasure, guys. appreciate the support and appreciate the work you guys are doing. Thank you, Alex. And uh, see, Lockie, I mean, look, oh, see, Lockie, oh my oh, goodness. Gee. No, no, no. See, I apologise. I apologise. I apologise. I apologise. Oscar Rutherford. Oscar Rutherford. Lockie didn't show up today. So that's, that's right. Mm. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Under the bus. We, we, don't, we don't need Lockie. If he doesn't want to show up, we don't need him, okay? We don't need him, okay? But um, no. We love all the co-hosts. They're spectacular. 
but no one is better than Miranda Templeman. That is what we have established okay. on this show. I'll allow it. Exactly. But no, uh, great to speak to Alex Aparkis and uh, get his Lovely story. man. Lovely man. Lovely man. Not, not trying to be a fashion icon, but he is a fashion icon in the dub. When you're not even trying. When you're not that, even that's trying. You know that's what good. I aspire to be like. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying, but I am. A oh, whoops. Here we go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> People can't help but notice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, thank you everybody for joining us here on Radio Dub this evening. And if you missed any of the show, you missed the Charlotte McLean interview earlier on, you'll catch that on Spotify. And if you're Spotify or anywhere, really. Anywhere. And if, anywhere. And if you missed the Alexa Parkis uh, interview that we just had, that'll also be up and we'll put the full show up as well. And we will be back next week. I don't know if we'll be back on Thursday, um, potentially Tuesday, just because the Matilda's game is on mm, Thursday. So, yeah. But I also probably shouldn't say the Radio Double will be back because the consistency of this show this season has not been the best. But we've hit when we've got we've come back. We have. It's uh, Absolutely. Yeah. It's, we've been saving it up, saving exactly, up the energy exactly, and exactly. then unleashing absolutely. it. You know? But um, I won't, do, I won't uh, prolong this, <laughs> this outro. But thank you, everybody, <laughs> for joining us here on Radio Dub. It's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll see you next time. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Is driving it here! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick. Minimum!